Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. Hello and welcome back, everybody. On Tuesday morning, you heard myself, DJ, and Zach talk college football. And today we're back and we are going to talk NFL. We're going to talk NFL power rankings, NFL mock draft. We're going to talk individual players and play a little game and have some fun. So let's talk about the NFL now. Obviously, there's only three games left, and there's a lot of teams right in the hunt of the playoffs. Who's at the top of your power rankings this week? Go with Green Bay or the Patriots. It's a, it's a coin toss. Patriots be a very quality team on the road in San Diego. So I put them 1-2 interchangeable, and then uh, I'm going to go with uh, Seattle. Seattle's going to win the division. Arizona probably shouldn't have beat Kansas City. They'll make it a little more uh, dramatic than it should. Seattle win the division, get a home field playoff game, and the only game in question for them will be going to Lambeau in the playoffs, which I think they could easily win. I still think uh, uh, the the Patriots are the cream of the crop here. I still would have to put them at one. I would put Green Bay at two. Would definitely put Seattle at three. I I think that uh, there's, there's no question they will win the West. I think it was a big statement, the fact that that was the uh, the lowest amount of yards that we've uh, seen. I believe it was Philadelphia at 67 yards at halftime, really kind of shut them down in, in the first half. In 24-14, I don't think the, the game was as close as the score makes it sound. Philadelphia laid a, a, a total dud, but they were definitely they were definitely whipped. They were it was a sound beating. It was enough to really show that how just how valuable Russell Wilson is. So we just saw looked like Philadelphia did a very good job on first and second uh, down. And then you have Russell Wilson, the, the ability to just convert not only third downs, but third and long. I think it was uh, third downs they converted that were third and eight and longer. That's uh, that's just absolutely insane. That's It's going to be hard to beat any team like that. And you're, he's able to do it with his legs, whether it's running or just buying time in the pocket. So I think those are the top three teams. You probably have to put the Broncos at four, although we saw the Peyton Manning streak come to an end, didn't actually toss the, the touchdowns. Although with uh, C.J. Anderson running the ball, it, it was something that they really, they really didn't have to rely on. And again, I'm, I'm probably, I would probably put Pittsburgh at five again, just because I think that that come playoff time, they are a team that right now Ben Roethlisberger is having one of his better years. You've got a very good receiver in Antonio Brown. Le'Veon Bell has shown that not only is he one of the most versatile backs, but there was so much talk about DeMarco Murray being the MVP. Le'Veon Bell's got to get some consideration now. And Pittsburgh is a team that can win on the road. If there's one team out there that I, that I kind of fear, or you know, if, if I've got a home team and what's the one team I'm worried about coming into my house and winning, it's got to be Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh can win anywhere, and I think that makes them dangerous this time of year. Yeah, Pittsburgh and Baltimore. I just want to remind you, DJ, that you did not have Ben Roethlisberger in your top ten quarterbacks, and I, and I sent it to him, and he's responded. I did, and I'm uh, I'm hanging my head in shame over that one. Touche, touche yeah, well, Zach. I also I put I put Cam Newton in there, and uh, until last week, that was uh, that was pretty silly. Talk about some of these quarterbacks, and let's play a little game I like to call start, trade, or cut. Robert Griffin. I say trade if you can trade him. I don't I don't I don't think any. The market form is not going to be that high. I thought it was hilarious that Jeff Fisher sent out the uh, for the coin toss the six players that Robert Griffin was traded for, and I, I guess it rubbed some Redskins the wrong way. But you know, I'd, I'd cut him. There's something I don't like about him. I think he's uh, got the wrong attitude to play quarterback, and uh, I mean he's definitely not going to last in Washington. It's hard to find. 
someone who has fallen from grace as far and fast as Robert Griffin has from being the offensive rookie of the year. I mean, remember just a couple years ago, there were people whispering like, ooh, did the Colts make the wrong selection? Was Robert Griffin the person to take instead of Andrew Luck? Uh, find me one person who's saying that today because it, it does not exist. Uh, Andrew Luck is a franchise quarterback. Robert Griffin, if the Redskins can get anything for him, try to trade him. But I think they have to cut him not only because of his performance, but again because of that contract. He's, it's written in his contract before May of next year. He will have to be paid uh, the average salary in that last year of his of his uh, rookie deal of what would uh, be one of the top eight quarterbacks in the league, which right now it's going to put him at about $17, $18 million. There's no way the Redskins are going to pay him that much money uh, with his on-field performance, not with just a one-year tryout or anything long-term. Get six players back, so this looks to be another Dan, Daniel Snyder fiasco and why Washington fans are among the most frustrated in the NFL. We're going to start demoting him just to RG2. He doesn't even deserve to be three. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll point it. We'll start making T-shirts, sell them in D.C. RG3 and 13. RG3 and 13. <laughs> well, so, and since they lost their trademark, we couldn't even uh, – there's there's no copyright infringement there. Though. I think you're that's a million-dollar idea. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> well, let's talk about Griffin's replacement, Colt McCoy. Wouldn't start on Ohio State next year. You don't start Colt McCoy. There, there, there's ten college football teams that wouldn't start him on. The long-term prognosis for any of those quarterbacks, even Kirk Cousins, it looked like Washington was trying to trade him so badly or try to see what the market value was for him. He may be the most viable option, and he's still not a quality NFL starting quarterback. They've, they've just got to go back to back to square one. There's, I don't see Washington getting out of the doldrums of the NFC East within the next three to four years. Yeah, maybe they bring in Harbaugh. Maybe that's who's bringing in Harbaugh. <laughs> Brian Hoyer, granted he's going to be a free agent. Do you try to start him again? Do you trade him or you just cut him outright? Uh, uh, he's, he's a lifelong backup. He's definitely not the starter of a, of a playoff team, and uh, I think we've seen it. It's, it's, it's easy when uh, it's your first few games in the NFL and defense coordinators haven't really seen you on tape yet, but the more tape there is out on Hoyer, the worse he looks. He doesn't make easy passes. It's his only job because he doesn't create any plays. So I'd say you, you keep him as a good backup. Sign him to a backup deal. He seems to do all the right things. Coaches like having him around. In fact, he's one of these guys that could be a possible position coach or something down the road. He seems to have the aptitude. He just the performance is not there. And and I think that he's someone you like to have in the locker room. He really doesn't do anything bad for the organization. Everywhere he's been, everyone's sung his praises. But you know the the on the field performance is is not going to match all the glowing accolades that he gets. So he's good to have around. But to lead your franchise, absolutely not. Start, trade, or cut. Mike Glennon. Trade or keep as a backup. He's, he's a good serviceable backup. Third round pick, probably. Uh, they, they had uh, starter aspirations for him. But uh, I've watched a few Bucks games this year uh, because of Mike Evans and Josh McCown. Josh McCown's a better quarterback than him. Mike Glennon's a game manager at best. I was going to say the fourth option, keep him as a backup. He's not your starter, but you want him on the roster. Well, how about Josh McCown? Start, trade, or cut. On the Bucks or the Bills or really any of the Jets, uh, I'd start them. But uh, that's not somebody, you know, obviously because of age, too, that you're not going to want to build a franchise around. But uh, I, I'm impressed with him. I, I think he's got good arm talent. He's been around the league for a while. McCown with Tressman looked pretty good last year. Uh, McCown, though, I'm drafting his replacement. I, I think you keep Glennon around, but uh, McCown, you've got to draft 36. the replacement. And, and I, I really think that, uh, again, Lovey Smith has said that if he had to do it over in Chicago, he would get that franchise-type quarterback. And 
pull the, the reins away from a Rex Grossman. I don't think he wants to make that same mistake in Tampa. He wants to take that franchise-type quarterback and roll the dice with, with getting the next good one in the draft. How about Geno Smith? Cut. Don't even keep him around as a backup. He has no anticipation. He doesn't do anything pre-snap. He's not incredibly accurate. He still looks a little goofy to me. I think you lean okay. toward cutting there, but at the same time, you're going to have to see who the new regime is because I think we all know that Rex Ryan's going to be gone. Uh, it's going to depend who that next person is, what direction, where they really want to focus. I think quarterback's probably going to be the, the area. I think cutting him is the best thing. But, again, uh, we're going to have to see the philosophy and who that next regime is going to be. The game is going to be start, trade, or draft. So with each quarterback or each player, you have the option next season to them, you either trade them or you draft a replacement for them. Now, Cap Newton's had a successful season. Um, some games, other games, he's looked like a dud. So my question to you, going into next season, you're Carolina. Start, trade, or draft his replacement? Uh, uh, keep. I keep him uh, because uh, he rises to the occasion in big games. He doesn't do much pre-snap, which uh, is going to be tough with proper weapons around him. He can be more than serviceable. Keep in mind that he's been thrown to a rookie receiver all year. Greg Olson has been his other target. The running backs have been pretty much injured all year. And uh, unless you see somebody that's, you know, head and shoulders above him, which I don't think there is going to be out there, you keep him. Like I was just talking with DJ, we I had him in the top ten coming into the season. He can still uh, do a lot. Last week's game against the Saints was a showcase of what he's capable of doing when he's got a little help around him. You've got to start him, but I think – I think they still look somewhere in the draft. One, because you've got a Derek Anderson who's, who's kind of that journeyman who, who can come in, and, and he's kind of like a Kyle Orton. He can win you a couple games. He's battle-tested. He's not the long-term solution. But at the same time, uh, he's actually in a contract year. Um, not sure that Carolina is actually going to bring him back. So I think the possibility exists of drafting someone to be like a long-term replacement or maybe someone that could possibly take the reins. But if they do – not someone that uh, is high enough that is going to challenge Cam Newton next year. So I think Cam's probably got another year or two on that leash unless things don't turn around and you probably think seriously about drafting the replacement. But they paid so much money to those running backs, and they've been so beat up. Um, Kelvin Benjamin's had a pretty good season, but at the same time, I think it's a little misleading because there's really no one around him, no one else to throw to other than uh, than Greg Olson, and I think those stats are a little bit inflated. A lot of them have actually come in garbage time as well. So I think that there's still a need of receiver, but that offensive line is absolutely horrific. That is probably one of the three worst offensive lines in the NFL. But not only do I think he probably still gets a chance, there's more pressing needs around him. Even if they were thinking about taking someone else, uh, there, there's bigger needs on that team. I don't think there's any way you take somebody else. He was, you know, the first overall pick. He hasn't played bad. He literally hasn't had one bad year statistically. This year's probably his worst, but like DJ said, their offensive line's a complete joke. Brian Tannehill, do you start, trade, or draft his replacement? Uh, you gotta, you gotta stick with him. He's top ten pick. He's, he's gotten better. If you, if you look at his, if you were to look at like a pro football focus, he's gotten better every year. You can't get rid of him yet. Uh, I've always thought the Dolphins were pretenders, but. Uh, even if uh, I was in control, I, I'd let him have at it another year because this year he's looked he's looked pretty solid. He's made good decisions, and he's, uh, he's a great athlete. He surprised me a bit. He's someone I thought would be a, a, a bust kind of out of the gate, and he has shown improvement. Now, maybe sometimes late in games he hasn't made the really, really big plays. I mean, he, he statistically he's put up some good numbers. He's, he's, looked, he's looked better, and I'd like to see them have more of a commitment to the running game or kind of 
get that running back that can really take a lot of pressure off of him. Maybe get the uh, the solid uh, tight end of uh, the passing game or kind of that security blanket. That's something he's really never had. So I, I think he's done relatively well with what's been around him. And, you know, win it there with some solid defense and just trying not to turn the ball over. And, again, there if there's a team that is just so close to not only being a playoff team but really being good, it's the Dolphins. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of missing pieces there. I thought they'd be a little farther along. It just looks like they're so close. There's got to be a team that jumps up there and challenges New England at some point. It looks to be the Dolphins, but they just have yet to just take that next step. So I think if anyone's under more, it's probably Joe Philbin's under a little more pressure than Ryan Tannehill at this point. Tannehill statistically had a, a really, really solid year, 67% completion percentage, but uh, just don't see him making many down, throw, down the field throws. Don't see him making very many, many big plays without his feet. Jay Cutler. Keep him. He's talented enough. He's got a, he's got a terrible attitude, but I think if you put him in a situation where uh, things are going well, he'll play well. The Bears have traditionally been a winning team with him. Uh, I've just heard rumblings that he's just been just terrible all around. And, and pre-snap, he's been terrible. That he never checks out of runs. That everyone on the team's disappointed with him. That if they had a better backup, that they would uh, consider playing. You know, they would consider benching him on uh, Sunday, but uh, I still keep him just because of the talent. He's got probably top two uh, arm talent in the NFL, maybe maybe a better offensive line or a better defense. I think things need to be going well for him to do well, but he, he's too talented to, uh, especially with the contract now, to uh, to cut or trade because no one's going to take that contract. In a, in a perfect world, maybe I would consider trading him, but I think you got to roll with him, especially with Tressman. I think you draft someone to push him, maybe not a first-rounder that's going to come in and you expect to start from day one, maybe someone in the mid-round, someone who is seen as kind of a steal or maybe slips down the board that could be that first, second, third-round player that slips a bit that are like, wow, this is a good pickup, someone that could possibly challenge a Jay Cutler in a, in a couple of seasons. I think that's the kind of scenario they want. He is very talented, but... Uh, I, I think he's going to need someone to push him a little bit there. So, And there's so many other needs, especially on defense in Chicago. They go there first and maybe go for a quarterback in the mid-rounds. Eli Manning. Keep, without a doubt. He's a future Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, when he gets uh, Victor Cruz back with him and Odell Beckham and Preston Parker, they're going to be they're going to be good. I also had Eli in my top ten quarterbacks. I mean, that's a, that's a no-brainer to me. He's a, Maybe he's not super elite, but he's without a doubt a franchise quarterback that has two Super Bowl MVPs and if he's anything like his brother, he's going to, you know, be playing well into his uh, late 30s. So I think, I mean, that's a no-brainer. You got to keep him. He is again not one of the elite, but he's definitely good enough. Uh, he he's not the the big problem. He's cut down on the interceptions. There's there's other things around him that, that the Giants need to be successful, and he's incredibly durable. That's something that a lot of people lose sight of. The, I mean, the Mannings, other than the unfortunate neck injury that cost Peyton a season, they've been very the NFL level. And um, sometimes you get some, some talented players who just can't stay healthy. So you keep them around, and you just try to develop someone. He's probably got at least another four very productive years left within him. He had a new offense coordinator this year, so I'll give him a break. Carson Palmer. Uh, Carson Palmer is the same thing as Josh McNown. That's somebody you keep, but uh, uh, he's you know, mid-30s. I mean, even if he's playing – even if you throw Peyton Manning's name on there, eventually you got to think about drafting a quarterback because of age you know, being a very, very quality quarterback for a playoff team. Yeah, you got to draft someone. Uh, I think there's, uh, there, again, some more needs, although the uh, Arizona's pretty pretty stocked at a lot of positions. There's not a lot of glaring weaknesses. The offensive line's been a lot better than in years past. 
you just draft the heir apparent, but it doesn't have to be a first or second rounder. Someone that you can kind of bring along a little bit. Is Logan Thomas that person? Logan Thomas. I, yeah. I was not. I was not. Uh, I was not sold on him. Uh, he's he's a little bit of a project, but you know where he was picked. That that's someone they can they can roll the dice on. Maybe bring someone else in as well. Colin Kaepernick. Now Kaepernick is interesting because Kaepernick does absolutely nothing pre-snap at all. He hasn't been accurate. He's been incredibly one-dimensional. He's having one of the worst years of any quarterback. They just lost to the Raiders, and it seems like he's fallen off, fallen out of grace with the coach that's going to be leaving anyway. So my solution for Colin Kaepernick is to trade him to the Eagles, because I think Chip Kelly can figure out something to do with him, and you trade him for Nick Foles and maybe a third-round pick. He's the perfect trade. I'm glad you said trade because I've been thinking that the whole um, and, I, and I think they can really play this off as a disconnect between Harbaugh, the front office, the players. There's obviously some disharmony there. It's just who you care to listen to and where is it actually coming from. So I think there, there's a lot of finger pointing going. You know, the, the, his his supporters will say that it's obviously detracted from his. Vernon Davis has been virtually non-existent in that offense. You've got an aging Frank Gore. It, it, even if he stuck around, it looks like uh, that team's kind of on the down is on the downward spiral. The window is kind of closing there in San Francisco. But unlike a Robert Griffin, you can get something for a Colin Kaepernick. He's, he's shown enough. There's still enough people out there who believe that. And durability-wise, uh, you know, head and shoulders. Above. Yeah, that I, that I think you get something for him. All right, so let's, let's, uh, let's talk mock draft real quick. Right now, um, if you do a little sort, check out the bottom teams. It would be Tampa Bay, Oakland, Jacksonville, Tennessee, New York Jets. Let's uh, let's switch off each for each pick. Uh, pick number one, Tampa Bay. Zach, who are you taking? Uh, if I'm the GM or who they actually take. So if I'm the GM, I I it comes down to obviously Mariota and Winston, and I and I take uh, as I as I've said in you know pretty much everything that I've done for draft sites, I take Winston. Winston hasn't lost a game at the college level. If you watch him coming out for the ACC championship, Kirk Herbstreit has covered seven of the games. said, like, there was an incredible focus that he hasn't seen in him yet. I think his best years are in front of him in terms of focus on the football field and not, you know, not, not getting, not getting in trouble off the football field. If he can grow up and get past, uh, Know, doing really, really stupid stuff, which he is prone to doing. You have somebody that's very, very passionate about football. That's an incredible athlete. And, at the end of the day, is a winner. Hasn't lost a college game yet. So, uh, I, I mean, I'd go Winston over Mariota. DJ, if Oakland gets a number two pick and Tampa Bay takes Winston, as Zach says, who does Oakland take? I think Oakland would have to take Leonard Williams. I think they've seen enough in Derek Carr that they they don't really need a change at the quarterback position. I think they've got something in Carr there. I think Khalil Mack has shown them enough. There's actually some – They've done better in these past couple of drafts than they have in the past where they've always kind of left us scratching their heads. But there, there's needs along the line, whether offensive and defensive line are probably the two biggest needs. Just, again, line on either side of the ball. You take the best guy on the board. I think Winston is the best fit for Tampa Bay. But if you ask me who is the best player available in this draft, who's the biggest impact player, I think it's Leonard Williams' his versatility. He'd be a perfect fit in Oakland. Zach, Jacksonville, number three pick. Well, if Mariota is somehow there, uh, then then definitely Mariota. Or you trade it. That's what you do if you're in the Raiders slot. Trade it to somebody that falls in love with Mariota. Uh, I've watched, like I mentioned before, you know, four, three, four, five Jaguar games, and Portals is just pure garbage. I mean, I know you you'd pretty much have to fire the GM and admit that uh, you were completely wrong, but uh, 
I mean, when you have somebody that's as close to a slam dunk as Mariota, obviously he's not a complete slam dunk because I have one snire them. And you have somebody that has shown you so little, like Blake Bortles, you got to have some cojones and pull the trigger. And uh, if it was me, I would take Mariota. Top three picks right now, according to this podcast mock draft, is Winston to Tampa Bay, uh, Leonard Williams to Oakland, Mariota to Jacksonville. Say Tennessee gets the number four pick. Who are you taking there? I think Tennessee would have to think about a pass rusher, someone you know, they need that impact player on defense. Uh, right now I would lean towards Shea Ray, uh, Shane Ray from Missouri. Uh, I think he's uh, been that rusher off the edge, and, and Missouri has shown uh, you know, the propensity to really uh, get out some, some good defensive end and those linebackers, those tweeners at the NFL level. Uh, they've, they've put a lot into that offensive line, and, and Zach and I have talked about that. that they've, they've invested heavily there. Uh, I think with Bishop Sankey with uh, uh, the right type of offensive scheme and, and, and a little more uh, a better play at quarterback, I, I think he's still a, a very good running back there. He just hasn't really had a chance to shine. So I think that you just got to look for a playmaker on defense, whether that be at the linebacker spot or in the secondary. But if Tennessee stays put and doesn't make any trades, I don't see a player in the secondary that is really worth uh, worthy of a pick that high. So I think you go Shane Ray. Zach, the number five pick falls to the New York Jets. Who are you taking there? Well, the Jets do pretty much everything in their power to trade up and get a quarterback. Assuming that they can't get a quarterback, I think you got to go with uh, Amari Cooper because you just need some sort of playmaker on offense. I know if it was like uh, the, reg- the the Jets' regimes of the past, they'd, they'd, go, uh, they'd go front seven or, or cornerback. But, I mean, when you are so desperately needing a premier playmaker on the offensive side of the ball, you have somebody like Amari Cooper, which uh, – isn't too high to draft somebody like Mark Cooper, or maybe you fall in love with uh, Jalen Strong or Devontae Parker. But uh, I say you got to go Amari Cooper, and then that makes Eric Decker better. That makes Percy Harvin not a number one receiver, more of just like a like an X factor. DJ Washington, number six. They're on the clock. Who do they take? Landon uh, Landon Collins. Even though it's pretty high for a safety, Washington has just lacked any type of leadership in the secondary. Uh, one of the worst secondaries in the league year in and year out. And we normally don't see safeties taken that high, but if, I've said that uh, Collins will probably go in the top ten, whether it's to Washington or Chicago and ends up with a top ten pick. Those are two teams that we could see take that safety. And I think Collins, one, just because they need it so bad, and two, because he's head and shoulders above any safety in this draft to drop off is big, and I think Washington goes for the uh, for the for the, the home run there and gets a, a Sean Taylor-type player down the road. Other than Jameis Winston, I think he's the the best all-around football player in the class. Zach, number seven, Carolina. Who do they take? Uh, whatever tackle they like the most, I'd say uh, Andres Pete. Uh, but really, like we were talking about earlier, they need the offensive line help so badly that that I mean, it's it's a no-brainer. You go, and the, and there'll be some quality tackles for there. They'll have their their pick of the litter. So definitely a tackle. In terms of record, the next two teams might surprise you. Uh, that's New Orleans and Chicago. If you're in New Orleans and you have the number eight pick, DJ, who are you taking? I'm probably going to stay along the offensive line as well just because they're they're starting to age a little bit there. There's uh, going to be some players who are going to be in some, some bad contract situations. So with uh, Andres Pete already off the board, I'd have to go Brandon Scherf from Iowa. Um, I think he's the top tackle that's available. But, again, he's not really going to – Wow, you usually we've seen a tackle that's worthy of a top five. We thought Cedric Ogwehi from uh, Texas A&M would be that guy. His his play is really kind of slid this year. He's going to look to be a late first rounder more than likely. But I think Scherf is probably the next best 
tackle on the board here. Again, not the sexy pick that the New Orleans Saints fans would probably want, but um, they're going to have to make a lot of decisions necessitated on contracts and free agency, and I think there's going to be some holes along that offensive line. Zach, Chicago gets the next pick at number nine. Who are they taking? Uh, I think you got to go defense with Chicago. Uh, and uh, a player that I've really, really liked and didn't really know too much about until last week until I watched pretty much every bit of film there is on him is uh, a versatile uh, pass rusher named Alvin Dupree from Kentucky. And uh, he, he has the type of presence that I, I think they need. And uh, he's athletic enough where it's, it's not an incredible reach either. It's any sort of uh, versatile defensive lineman, maybe Dante Fowler. But uh, after watching film on everybody involved. And then you got to keep in mind, we haven't mentioned Randy Gregory, one of those three pass rushers. Well, in terms of record, Atlanta would be the next best, but um, it looks division, so they wouldn't be next. Uh, we'd have St. Louis as the next pick. DJ, who does St. Louis take? Oh, this one's a, this one's a little bit tougher. Um, I, I think that there, there's enough commitment to defense there and what they took with Aaron Donald and, and that front has really come alive after the first couple of games that they probably shy away there. Uh, the Rams would probably be in a great position to trade, but I think if they were to take anyone, they would probably look toward the secondary, probably still a little bit high, but I'd say probably a, a Trey Waynes from, uh, uh, from Michigan State would probably be the player, or they, you know, they could take a receiver as well. Um, maybe a Jalen Strong, maybe someone a, a little more physical, um, uh, kind of a bigger body. They, they got something there in, in Brian Quick, and unfortunately he went down to injury. But the Rams, they're close. I think if they're in another division outside the NFC West, uh, they're battling for a playoff position right now. They're really coming on. They're playing well at the right time. They've made a lot of uh, picks along the offensive line as well. So I think it's really kind of the best player available. Um, that could even be a, a Randy Gregory, who I was thinking for Chicago with that, that last pick. Yeah, that's, that's, they could kind of go anywhere there. But uh, I, I would say Trey Waynes. I would just think that uh, just another impact player at uh, – at corner. Janoris Jenkins is good, but he gambles a lot. He's really kind of a – it's feast or famine with him. He makes a lot of pick sixes, some big highlight plays, but there's a lot of defensive lapses there as well. So maybe someone who could just be a little more consistent, solid, not a star-studded guy, but just someone who they can count on not really taking the gamble. Zach, let's go one more. What does Minnesota need? They're on the clock. Cavante Parker, if he's still there. But I'm going to go with uh... – Devin Punches from Michigan, just uh, just another pass catcher. I mean, that's that's really what they need. Uh, you already got your young quarterback. It's between him, Punches, and uh, I know this is really high, but but Gurley or Gordon, whoever you, you like more. McKinnon is good, but uh, I still think it's really tough to pass on one of those two, especially when uh, AP probably won't be back. He's back, and you got to go with uh, Punches or uh, Parker. We, we can't leave on 11. we got to do a dozen. we got to do this. Well, the next tier, there are the 7 and 6 teams, and that's uh, Houston, Buffalo, Miami, Cleveland, Kansas City, and San Francisco. Do Buffalo. Oh, I was, I was going to do Houston, but if I had to do Buffalo, well, actually, Buffalo, that would actually belong to Cleveland because Buffalo actually loses that pick due to Sammy Watkins. So you actually have Cleveland in that spot. Now, if I, if I were to say Houston is who I'd be thinking, I would say Danny Shelton. I think they really need that defensive kind of – that nose tackle that can also get after the quarterback as well. I think um, we have, with no defensive tackles off the board, Houston would be in a great position to kind of take a defensive tackle. If this were to actually be Cleveland, uh, it would be great for them to get another receiver with Josh Gordon. I think this would be Jalen. Jalen Strong would be a good pick here. Give them another uh, option. Uh, 
Johnny Manziel more than likely is going to be that quarterback next year. Josh Gordon's back in the fold. Uh, you're going to have your, your tight end coming back as well. Give him one more give him one more weapon. We've seen enough out of Terrence West and Isaiah Kroll that I think the running game will be okay. So I, I think you get him another weapon. Um, if Par- Parker's already off the board in our scenario, I, I think Jalen Strong uh, is probably the, the next guy that you look at and you, you get another wide receiving target. And uh, Manziel loves big receivers like Mike Evans. And then I'd say maybe I'd say maybe Michael Bennett to the Texans. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for tonight, everybody. I uh, hope your fantasy teams made the playoffs per some of our advice last week. Zach, any any last minute advice for people in the playoffs who made it through the next round? I guess my advice would be stick with who brought you there, because I came very very close to benching, very very close to benching. Cam Newton for Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I didn't, and it would have been devastating. So if you got there with somebody like Cam Newton or, or Tony Romo and you have that sexy guy that's coming off six touchdown week or like we were talking about last week, like somebody that you could just throw in that probably isn't desert- warranting a, of, a, of a weekly start, stick with uh, the, the people that brought you there. Well, hopefully people didn't uh, listen to us too much when again we, we talked about the Ryan Fitzpatrick and the favorable matchups. He didn't have the, the numbers. Uh, we were really he ran for a touchdown. There. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but uh, didn't didn't have the, the type of performance we were we really thought was going to happen. I think a good bet is uh, you'd really have to look at, at the receivers, uh, Demarius Thomas or Emmanuel Sanders, because usually after a subpar performance like that, Pete Manning rarely puts up a, a couple of uh, subpar performances in a row, and he didn't play particularly bad. But not having that touchdown pass, I'm um, thinking that. Uh, Denver receivers, it's kind of going to be a field day. He's, he's going to look to establish uh, establish the pass early on and possibly get some big numbers. So I, I think that's a, that's a good bet. And I uh, also would think uh, DeMarco Murray, even though the, the Eagles kind of bottled him up, uh, I mean, you're, you're always going to play DeMarco Murray, but I think he's going to do better than what a lot of people anticipate. And uh, maybe uh, what, what Seattle showed, maybe that Dallas defense is not such a bad play. And remember, they're undefeated on the road this year, so it's not as bleak as a lot of people would think, than going into Philadelphia this week. Yeah, and, and uh, about uh, DeMarco Murray, there was a, there's a Twitter battle, and he's been sleeping with, uh, I, I'm blanking on the, the running back's name, but he's been sleeping with his wife, the running back Clay from uh, Oklahoma last year. Brendan Clay, yes. Yeah, Brendan Clay, DeMarco Murray's been sleeping with his wife. So I just thought we, that, that'd be funny to mention. That's why I'm not going to start him, <laughs> even if I have him. <laughs> uh, we, 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 we sure, we're, we're definitely sure that the Philadelphia fans will have something to say about that there. Notorious yeah, they'll probably have some, they'll some batteries to throw. They'll, 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 they'll be a couple, some uh, double D batteries. There'll be some choice. Like there'll that. be some choice signs for Mr. Murray, I believe it's this week. Oh, uh, there definitely will be. There definitely will be. Got to look. And not to mention, right, it right. is the last Eagle home game, so we will see Santa Claus getting booed at halftime. Some a great tradition that everyone in Philadelphia just loves. Yeah, what a classy, classy city. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks for coming on.